Hi folks, and welcome back to Weber's Whipping Post. Floggings will be light this week as we approach President's Day. I wrote a commentary this week entitled Presidential Peculiarities and Practicalities. It's worth sharing with you. Next Monday is President's Day. Held on the third Monday in February as per the holiday bill enacted by President Lyndon Johnson in 1968. In honor of President's Day, here are a few useless tidbits of information that are amusing or astonishing. President's Day falls somewhere near George Washington's birthday, depending on what calendar is used. Washington was born on February 11, 1731, according to the then-used Julian calendar. 1752, when George thought he was 20 years old, the Gregorian calendar was adopted in the States. It moved George's birthday year in 11 days to February 22, 1732, making him 21 and skipping an entire year of the young man's life. The holiday was enacted to honor Washington. Later, President Abraham Lincoln was included for recognition with Washington, perhaps the two greatest presidents in American history. That is, unless you were a socialist-leaning historian scumbag, in which case you cast your vote pathetically for Franklin Roosevelt, thus wasting it. There have been 21 Republican presidents and 16 Democrats, including bonehead Biden. A case can be made there were 25 Republican presidents, should the four Whig Party presidents be added. The Whig Party eventually folded into the GOP. Speaking of Whig presidents, of the four, only two were elected president, William Harrison and Zachary Taylor. Their duly elected Whig vice presidents, John Tyler and Millard Fillmore, assumed the presidency when Harrison and Taylor died. Harrison was only in office a month when he died of pneumonia. It's said the Whig party was buried with him. His vice president, John Tyler, became president. Tyler was an unpopular president, making numerous blunders while trying to usurp power. That sound familiar? U.S. News has him rated as the seventh worst president ever, tied with fellow Whig, Millard Fillmore. The Whig party expelled Tyler from the party while he was still in office, dubbing him his accidency. In 1842, Tyler faced impeachment, but only once since. Fortunately for him, Nancy Pelosi was only a junior in high school at the time. The New York Times called Tyler the most unpopular public man that had ever held any office in the United States, and that was in his obituary. Only time will tell if history repeats itself when Biden passes. Lincoln was the first president to be photographed at his inauguration. Eerily, his eventual assassin, John Wilkes Booth, can be seen in the photo. John Adams was the only Federalist Party president, and the abysmal Andrew Johnson, rated the third worst president, was a War Union Party president. Washington, who detested political parties, had no party affiliation. Speaking of rankings, for worst presidents, don't put too much stock in the U.S. news ratings. They state Donald Trump was the second worst in history, trailing only James Buchanan. U.S. News states the reason is Trump's two impeachments, both of which were sham proceedings by a corrupt Washington, D.C. swamp and an equally corrupt mainstream media. Many presidents served in the military, but only three reached the rank of general. 
Washington, Ulysses S. Grant, and Dwight D. Eisenhower. The last three presidents, Obama, Trump, and Biden, had no military experience, partially explaining the messes in Afghanistan and Ukraine. Four presidents were assassinated while office. Lincoln in 1865, James Garfield in 1881, William McKinney in 1901. If you're counting, it's three in 36 years. And then John Kennedy in 1963. You ever wonder what our country might have looked like had any of those guys served out their terms? Four presidents died on the 4th of July. James Monroe, Thomas Jefferson, John Adams, and Zachary Taylor. President Calvin Coolidge was born on the 4th. President James Buchanan may have been the first gay president. A bachelor, he lived with Alabama Senator William King for 13 years. They regularly attended events together as a couple. President Andrew Jackson called them Miss Nancy and Aunt Fancy. Astonishingly, and this really blows my mind, James Garfield was ambidextrous and could write in Greek with one hand and in Latin with the other at the same time. Charles Guiteau shot him because, in his mind, he was responsible for getting Garfield elected and should have gotten a position in the Garfield administration. It's good that Illinois Representative Adam Kinzinger didn't resort to assassination when he couldn't get a plum assignment in the Trump administration. Instead of shooting Trump, he sat on a sham committee at the behest of Nancy Pelosi to supposedly look into Trump's involvement in a January 6th protest. You recall that protest. Well, the only deaths were when the government shot an unarmed woman, then threw protesters in prison on trumped-up charges. But back to the presidents. The rather odd Eleanor Roosevelt's maiden name didn't change when she married Franklin. She was already a Roosevelt, and her husband, Franklin's distant cousin. Eleanor's uncle was President Theodore Roosevelt, a distant cousin to Franklin. Incredibly, it is said the socialist FDR was also related distantly to Presidents Washington, both Adams, Madison, Van Buren, both Harrisons, Taylor, and Grant. Gerald Ford's given name was Leslie King. He was named after his paternal father, an alcoholic wife abuser, so he later took the name of his stepfather, Gerald Ford Sr. He's the only person to have never been elected president or vice president, becoming president after Richard Nixon's resignation and the infamous Watergate scandal. The resignation of Nixon and subsequent appointment of Ford ushered us into the mistake that was the Carter administration. I myself was gullible enough to vote for Carter the last time I voted for a Democrat nationally. Although never elected president, there was a candidate who received almost a million votes while sitting in prison. Socialist activist Eugene Debs was serving a 10-year sentence for sedition when he ran for president. Think about that, folks. A million Americans voted for a socialist sitting in prison. By the way, Debs promised to pardon himself if elected. Now on to some current news. Unless you've been living under a rock, you probably know the Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl. I won some money in Vegas and some more in the squares chart at our Super Bowl party. It almost made up for my losses at the hands of that dealer from hell who turned up seven straight face cards. I still have nightmares about her. It come out after the hoopla of the game died down that the Chiefs coach, Andy Reid, wouldn't let the players watch the halftime show by 
someone named Rihanna? Would this indicate the Eagles did watch her? Are we to draw any conclusion from this? Well, Mr. Reed, I have something in common with you and your players because I didn't watch that clown show either. I'm officially an Andy Reed fan. I'll take him to coach the Packers anytime he wants. That is a high reward coming from me, Mr. Reed. There are not too many people on the face of the earth I would give that honor, had the decision, of course, been left up to me. In the wake of that Cretan who shot three kids in Michigan State, Bonehead Biden wasted no time in calling for more gun control. He said, too many American communities have been devastated by violence. Don't fall for it, folks. This is another democratic ploy to take over our guns, and we can't be swayed by tragic events like this. Every totalitarian government history has started out by taking guns out of the hands of its citizens. Criminals don't pay attention to laws, folks. If they did, Chicago would be a utopia. Those guns are what is protecting us from government assholes like Biden from overrunning us. There is a reason our wise forefathers put guns as a Second Amendment. What is really needed is to put the money back into the mental hospital services that the government robbed decades ago. It's known that the Michigan state perpetrator had mental illness. If Biden and the woke set are so concerned about our safety, he might want to start taking away our spoons and forks for making us all fat, or cars for all those crashes, or phones for all that texting and driving. As you see, none of those plans makes any sense, just like everything that comes out of Biden's pie hole. I just like that delusional bastard more every day. I see Roseanne Barr is back out and working. Tucker has her on his show. She's sounding rather conservative these days. Interesting what getting a little of her own past liberal medicine has done to her. Karma, Roseanne, karma. Speaking of Tucker Carlson, I love the guy. I love his show. I record it every night and watch over morning coffee. But I'm sick of his advertisements for someone he interviews and then sticks a segment on Fox Nation, which you must pay for. I usually mute those segments as they are nothing but teasers and Tucker should know better. Don't know about you, but I've had my fill of that little twerp, Pete Buttigieg, who, by pandering to Biden, got a gig in the bonehead Biden administration as transportation secretary, despite the fact he knew nothing about transportation. He and the bonehead administration completely ignored the train derailment in Ohio, more than likely because 71% of the county's voters voted for Trump. This was a major derailment, folks, like cancer-causing toxins released in the air major. The media is, of course, blowing it out of proportion, labeling it as another Chernobyl, but still in all, it was major. What was Petey's reaction? There are too many white guys working in construction. If Petey would ever take his Alfred E. Newman head out of his pint-sized ass, he might learn that white people are still 60% of this country. The odds are that there will be more white people at just about any event except for an Al Sharpton sermon. Did you see where American Turncoat, former director of national intelligence, James Clapper, is now backtracking on his previous lie that the Hunter Biden laptop story was Russian disinformation two years after the fact? He and more than 50 other turncoats blind with rage over Trump that caused him to side with Bonehead and against America. I think he belongs in prison in his cell with Bubba. 
While I'm writing this up for broadcast, I'm listening to Neil Young on YouTube. Damn, I miss him on Spotify. I love his music, but can't stand his politics. Speaking of YouTube, I'm going to attempt at putting video with my broadcast, hopefully out with the first one by March. This way, you can put a face in the guy going off on a Dennis Miller-like ranch all the time. For those that don't know me, you'll find I have a resemblance to Ernest Hemingway and Jerry Garcia. You ever deal with an HOA? Well, I have one here in Arizona, and I've just about worn out my welcome with that bunch. I suppose calling them a Politburo didn't win any friends or influence any people. There were several items that we agreed to disagree on, but the one that really ground my gears concerned my American flag. I bought a beautiful flagpole with top-down lighting at the Barrett-Jackson Auto Show last year. After I jumped through all the hoops of the HOA to install it, my buddy Jimmy installed it to spec, no higher than, but equal to the height of the house in the middle of the front yard. Looks fantastic there, especially driving up to it at night. Would you believe in no less than two weeks, I got a sterile form letter telling me I was not in compliance and had, I forgot the exact number, but a couple of weeks to come into compliance. I found out later, but evidently some pinhead neighbor complained about my damn American flag. As far as I'm concerned, said neighbor can kiss my all-American ass or move out of the country if he don't like the stars and stripes. Jimmy and I, both in our 60s, had to go on the roof to make sure we were compliant. Well, I had to hold the ladder, but you get the drift. As you can imagine, it's been downhill since. I suspect I will be regaling you with more stories about me and the Politburo HOA in Scottsdale, Arizona. If you ever look to buy a home in an HOA run by Amcor, run like hell. You know, I'm wrapping up my time, and I see the floggies might have been a little bit more harsh than I thought they would have been. Oh, well, until next week, thanks a million for listening, my friends.